Hey, one quick thing before we get started. I just want to remind you that this podcast is for information, education, and entertainment. It is not a substitute for therapy or therapeutic intervention. If you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or contact a crisis hotline. everyone it's LaShonda from Labors of Love and you are listening to the Labors of Love podcast. I'm excited to have my guest on today. She is a published author and speaker. I have with me Nyla Barnes. Hi Nyla. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much. So I am going to start with you like I do all of my guests and ask what is your labor of love? My labor of love is either quality time with family or friends or writing, which was one of the main reasons I wrote my book. Yes. So you wrote a book and I want to like start by uh, helping my guest understand how you and I connected. So um, the Ask Me Who I Am conference on youth culture took place um, or this year, I, I forget, seventh or eighth year that we've done this conference. And you were one of the keynote speakers for that conference. So Nyla has written a book, High and By, which I'm sure she's going to tell us a lot about. But the thing that drew me um, to Nyla so much and asked her to, for me to ask her to be a guest on the podcast was her relatability um, to the audience that she was speaking to. And the thing I think that was the most impressive and thing that drew me to her is Nyla, how old are you? 14. <clears throat> Nyla is 14 years old, y'all. <laughs> so, um, are you, you're going into high school? Yes. Okay. I'm going to be a freshman this year. She's going to be a freshman. So this young lady has written this very powerful book she was still in middle school. Okay. So there was just something about her ability to not only understand certain concepts, but to make it so relatable as to write a book that would appeal to her peers and adults alike. That definitely made me want to make sure that those of you in my community and listenership had access to her. So Nyla, let's just talk a little bit about where the, the passion or love for writing started for you? Um, I started to journal way back in 2018. Writing for me was kind of my self-care slash therapy for me, just to write down how I was feeling, all the big moments, all the small moments, disappointments, excitements, just any everything and anything and everything. And so I wanted to make an impact in my teen community because I see every day how teens are struggling with depression, stress, anxiety, PSD, um, bullying, whatever it may be. So I wanted to be a voice for them. And I decided why not just write a book on mental wellness, mental health, to help those take the next step to recover being their best selves, to being happy, being that to their old selves. I appreciate that so much. And I chuckled a little bit. And what's funny to me is um, I have the pleasure of 
working with adolescents. I, I started my career in mental health working exclusively with adolescents and I work with a lot of families. And there is such sometimes this, there is a difference in how young people view time and how older people view time. So I love when she was like, I started journaling way back in 2018. 2018 feels like it was yesterday to me. (laughs) So I'm always like, dang, was that four years ago? So I just want to point that out that when we are engaging with young folk, like we as older people have this perception of time, right? But for you, Nyla, I mean, legitimately four years ago was almost a third of your life. Okay. Right. So time, it, it you experience time differently as a 14 year old young woman than I do as a 40 year old woman. And I just want to put that out there for y'all. Like let's respect that these years, um, our young people experience them differently than we do um, as a matter of time. So Nyla said that she started, you started journaling as a way Uh, to have self-care. So I got to ask, I work with tons of people, tons of adult people, and they are just now coming into the understanding of what self-care is and how to do that for themselves. So who planted the seed of self-care in you? How, how as a young person four years ago, what you were like 10, how, how did you know about self-care and what have been the influences in your life to help you want to take care of yourself? Um, I would say one of the biggest influences in my life were definitely my parents. They definitely expressed self-love and self-care for themselves, but also care for others. And so, for example, my mom, she loves to listen to music. She likes to do yoga. She likes to go and run. She likes to, you know, just be within herself. And so that inspired me to find my own way to express myself without, you know, caring about what other people think just my mojo so my mojo was journaling so that mojo got me excited and it made me express myself in a way where I found a new piece myself which is being an author and so I greatly appreciate my parents for showing what self-care and self-love is because that has led me today where I am today as a published author at 14 years old which is crazy but I'm just really thankful for them yes and so I I feel like I'm gonna have I'm a this is how this podcast I think is gonna go because every time you say something I gotta stop because what I realize is while I do have some younger listeners I want to tell you that I think my most faithful listener is my nine-year-old niece lives in Mozambique, Africa, which is awesome. I love her. Thank you, Yana, for always listening to Auntie's podcast. But I do recognize that the majority of my listeners, at least per the analytics, um, these are adults who are what we might even consider middle age. And what I love about what Nyla just said is that it's not that her parents forced her to take care of their herself. They took care of themselves. And that inspired her to take care of herself. Okay. That's a word we're constantly, I know as a parent um, and as a person who engages with youth all the time, sometimes we're constantly thinking about, well, what do I need to say to them to get them to understand? I know this is happening even more as my son is getting ready to go into middle school. There are times when I'm thinking, what are the things I want to say to him to help him? And the reality is live my life 
as the best example that I can. And children are picking up on that, y'all. They see us, they hear us. They see us when we're not talking to them, okay? They they are paying attention to us when we don't know that they're watching. And those are some of the biggest lessons um, that we give children. Those are some of the biggest lessons we've had by watching our caregivers and the adults in our life when we were young. We built, we've developed a lot of beliefs out of that. My work is helping people undo some of those beliefs um, that are not serving them. So Nyla, I love that. So let's talk a little bit about how your writing journey went from journaling just for yourself to you taking the steps to say, I have something to contribute to other people. Um, I would say that when I was journaling and when I found out that you know, writing may be my passion. I wanted to share that passion with everyone else. I wanted people to know, hey, writing is my passion and I want to help people by writing. So I remember the day I had a piece of paper and I wrote 20, you know, things that are positive, good, things you want to introduce in your life, you know, whatever. Then I wrote a list of things you might want to get rid of your life, like debt, um, negativity, um, fake friends, whatever it may be. I showed it to my mom and I was like, I want to write a book. And she said, let's do it. So I worked on about a year. Yeah, I worked for about a year and then I was doing it with my friend, but then we just kind of like took a break and then never went back to it. Then my mom was able to find this local um, publishing company called, I think, Junior Authors. And so I went there every Tuesday for about two hours. They really helped me flourish my book to the best it could be, you know, and they helped me publish my book. So I am very grateful for them. They were able to help me on the way. But, you know, um, I know that writing isn't everyone's passion. But for me at that time, I wanted to find something where I could truly express myself and something I truly want other people to share. Like I wanted something people can relate to because there may be people who love the journey, who love to write, who may like to draw, whatever it may be, just may not have the courage to publish it, want the world to know. And so while my book is about mental health and mental wellness, that book is also about expressing yourself in any way you want to express yourself. Beautiful. Who is your target audience for the book? I know that I can read the book. I bought your book. Um, I got to be full disclosure. Uh, you know, I'm reading what 12 books at one time. So um, <laughs> it's on my list of all these books I'm going to read, right? Um, so I have the book and I know that I'm going to get something out of the book. I actually bought the book for, you know, it's, it's a family book, but I came home and gave it to my son and said, let's share this book. But who, when you were writing the book, were you envisioning having that book in their hands? What demographic? Definitely teenagers, because people, some people do not understand the traumas, the anxiety, the stress teenagers go through day-to-day life. And, you know, you may not, we may not have to experience adult-ish things like driving a car, paying bills, you know, things like that, or having a job. Well, well some, teachers have, some teens have a job. But teens really do go through a lot, especially mentally and emotionally. And so when I wrote the book, 
I wanted teens to know that there is a way to let go of um to let go of that dead weight that's on their shoulders. Because that dead weight on their shoulders is causing them not to be them true selves. It's causing the stress. It can cause the depression. It can cause whatever they may be dealing with. And so um, I just want teens to know that there is a way to start the healing process. And it's not going to be easy. It's maybe it may be hard for others, but anything's possible when you put your mind to it. I love it. So what has the feedback been for your book? Um, What kind of responses are you getting from teens and other people who are getting the book and, you know, supporting you on your journey? Um, All the feedback has been positive, which I'm very happy about, not just for myself, but for them, because that means they could be working towards a bigger goal and within life and their lives. Um, yesterday, wait, was it yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday I found out a 16 year old girl read the book and got baptized, which really made me happy to know that reading the book made her do something so major, so big in her life that could change her life forever. Amazing. Now, how did you find this out? Was it the young lady who told you or did someone else tell you? Someone else told me, I don't know how she was related to the young lady, but Mm -hmm. She was one who told me, I think probably like a granddaughter or a niece, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. No, that's okay. So what I can tell you uh, factually um, from personal experience and just know that it happens is those of us who um, have, let's call it a product. You have a book. I have a podcast and videos and things. And those of us who put our lives and ourselves out there in service of helping other people, sometimes we will never understand the extent of our reach, right? We can see numbers. I'm sure there's a way that you all can track how many books are sold, right? But we never actually know the depth to which we have reached someone. And sometimes It's in the very words that are said. So someone may read your book, Nyla, and they might read this paragraph and go, oh my God, this paragraph changed my life. Or it could just be the fact that you're a 14 year old young black woman who decided to help other people by sharing her experience, all the, and just the fact that you did that could be what inspired someone and I am grateful when I get feedback, however I get it, right? Someone emails me or says something to me, or maybe someone comes up to you and tells you that, you know, someone they're close to read your book and made this major step. But I do want to encourage you that the impact of your life and your labor of love is reverberating like waves in a pond far beyond what you'll probably ever no, and for that, you know, kudos to you so much, young lady. Thank you. You're welcome. So when so this is this is your first book. Do you have intentions or hopes to continue to write books? One hundred percent. Um with the second book I'm thinking about writing about, I'm most likely gonna continue on the same path as mental wellness, mental health. I'm just trying to figure out how to write it out with the layout, all that stuff. But 
most likely I'm gonna write a second book. Okay. And is your book a fiction book? Is it considered fiction? Is it nonfiction? Um, one chapter is actually about my personal life. So that makes it nonfiction. But the rest of the chapters, eight chapters, by the way. So the first seven chapters are non, no, fictional characters, fake stories, but they can be used as real life situations. Well, mm-hmm. the last chapter is about me. What was it like to put your own story inside of this book? You, 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 um, you honored us um, at the conference by reading us a portion of your book and you were telling us about one of the chapters. And so also just kudos too, because as a writer, <laughs> I, I, I want to help people understand that the process of writing is just that it is a process um, and yeah, it, it, it's a lot. And so when you have your fictional work, you have character development and the story you're trying to tell and making it realistic and relevant and all of those different things. And that, at least in my experience, has used maybe one muscle and, and, and well, a few muscles, but in one direction. But then when I write autobiographical, when I write about myself, it definitely is a different muscle that I feel is at work. Did you experience that the same way? And what was it like to put your own personal story into this book where the rest of it was fictional? Um, when I wrote the chapters about non-fictional, no, fictional characters, it was a little bit of a struggle but it was definitely easier than putting my own story out there because you know I've been through things and at first I was a little hesitant if I wanted to put my own personal story out there for hundreds of thousands of people to know but I did it because I want to know I want people to know that I'm not perfect. I've been through things. I know what it's like to feel certain ways and I want people to know that it's okay to you know Share your story only if you want to. And um, when I used that muscle to share my own story, it definitely took me the longest to, you know, get everything right, have a little bit of a flow. With your own story, I can add anything. I can take anything out. But with a fictional story, you can add whatever you want. You can take out anything you want. You can make it as intense or as, you know, basic as you want it to be. But with your own story, you can't do that. So that made it a little bit challenging for me just to know that, okay, well, if I take this out, then it's not going to complete the whole story. And if I add this in, this is not telling the truth to people. And I don't want to put something out there that's not truthful. So was it hard? Yes. Was I hesitant? Yes. But I, but did I do it? Yes. And was it worth it? Probably so. I love it. Um, Yeah, and I can relate to that so much. We can embellish with fictional characters, right? We can, like you said, make the story as intense or as mellow as we want to. But there is something about putting your own story, pinning that and putting that out there. With fictional characters, if someone reads it and doesn't like the character or really loves the character, we can chalk it up to uh, our writing style, really creating a character that's believable, 
right? Mm-hmm. When we're putting our own story, somebody don't like that character. Well, that's us. <laughs> and that's <laughs> hard, right? So yeah, I have so much, um, yeah, so much respect for, for the work that you've done in your book. Are um, you've been writing for a long time. Are you a person that reads a lot? Um, probably as, not as much as I should be, but I've been into reading a little bit more than I have the past few years. But my, when I was like really little, like I would say around seven through nine, bookworm. 100%. I loved books. Then I took a little break, got a little distant, but now I'm getting back into the rhythm of reading more books and just put myself into that book world because it's definitely a way just to escape reality for a second it just you know just clears your mind and just puts in another reality that you may enjoy thinking about yeah so are there certain authors or genres of literature that you like to read um probably my favorite is social justice because although it may end badly or in a good way it just shows that black people go through a lot that you know other races may not have to go through and so it just shows how black people can you know they may struggle but with anything they go through or whatever they go through and when they put their mind to it and they work hard and they tell themselves I can do it they can you know prove people wrong and just become the person they want to be mm-hmm. and in your work um, as an author what are some of the things that you are considering and thinking about when you're you know whether it's when you were writing your first book or even as you're conceptualizing future work what are some of the thoughts that you consider when you are thinking about writing something for other people to read I when I when I wrote my very first book, I wanted to write something that people could relate to, not something not only a certain age group, not just well, even though it is targeted towards teenagers, anyone could read it if they want to. But I wanted something that people can relate to, and though may you know some people may go through worse traumas than others, but just the general idea of it is hey. You may go through this. This may be a way to get rid of it and replace it with this. That's kind of the thought process I had with this book. And, you know, for one chapter, I had music and stress. But, you know, music and stress is not the only way to, you know, it's not the only combo. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you may have stress, but music may not be the way to get rid of that stress. There's, like, several ways, but that's just an example that works for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Nyla, it is evident that you are a very talented, gifted, special young lady. What are some of the things that um, maybe your parents or other close people in your life do to nourish all of the things that you have, right? So people who are giving of themselves whether you're writing a book or doing talks or whatever that's going to be, there needs to be something that also fills you up and helps you uh, 
be in the best position to be nourished and take and taken care of. And I hear that you have self-care, which is amazing, but you are still a child and still require other people to take care of you in certain ways. So what's helpful? What do your parents, other adults and other friends and things around you do to help nourish you to be the best beautiful you that you are? Um, I was in my family. We definitely spent a lot of time together, but we're all together in one room, which is the room is just so much, it's just filled with so much laughter and joy, which really fills me up to keep on going and share that, um, that goodness to other people with my friends, definitely quality time. When I get to hang out with them, we just have a blast text conversations because you know, when they, you, when you text, when they text you, hey, how are you doing? It just makes you feel like you're, they care about you. It makes you feel that they didn't forget about you. It makes you feel like you're loved. And love is, is so important because love is something that doesn't just, you know, it's not taken lightly. And so when you have friends and family that love you, you can you can definitely feel it. And when you feel that love, it can be used as motivation to make sure that other people feel loved mm. and taken care of. Yes, 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 yes. So I just want to share the experience that I, yes, my experience with my observation. So Nyla's at this conference, um, she's part of the lunch keynote. Um, she's up there, she's doing her thing. Um, you know, just what you hear is, is what we heard. She's extremely, um, clear. Uh, she articulates her points very well. And it's so, so relatable. Uh, she gave away a couple of her books. Um, and then she had a table set up, uh, for people to purchase her books you know, throughout the conference. And so when I went over to purchase a book and introduce myself, what I loved was how this was a family operation. All right. You had dad sitting at the table, getting ready, you know, he was managing the the money and everything, but don't, don't get it twisted. They were also able to take things like cash app and then she had us covered. They realized that everybody maybe doesn't carry cash. Mom was present to be there and support. And so there was something very just heartwarming and amazing to just look at this table that is beautifully decorated with, you know, all of her marketing materials. And she's flanked by her parents who are providing her support. But I'm going to tell you what her parents didn't do. Her parents did not speak for her. Her parents did not um, try to engage the customer, right? It was clear that this was Nyla's thing, but it was also clear that her parents were right there, right? And I think that's super, super important because I think, and and this is this is this is also kind of like me thinking about me. I have been an extremely articulate person since a very young age, right? I I recognize this. Um, You know, sometimes people are doing things and then we look and be like, oh my God, you're only 14 when I was 14. No, like when I was 14, there was was something about me. Like people would say I had my head on straight. What I would come back and say is that I grew up 
way before my time, but neither here nor there. The point is Nyla's still a child. Nyla, do you still feel like a child? All the time. (laughs) I love it. Like that folks makes my heart happy because at 14, I did not feel like a child. At 14, I felt like I was an adult who was limited by an age because I felt like I had to be an adult and I had had many adult things happen to me, yet I was still bound by this age of 14 and I didn't even look 14. I can't wait for y'all like, well, you've seen it. If you clicked on this episode, you see the picture of this beautiful young lady. You see that she's a child and that is amazing. So I love that while she is writing books and she's keynoting conferences and she's doing all of these things she's not just pushed out there to do it on her own but her parents are supporting her not interfering not stepping in the way I I get the sense from them um, that they truly like adore and trust her gift but they're also there because they recognize it's crazy out here And so they are very close by to give her not just the encouragement and support, but the protection that she needs. And I just wanted to definitely shout that out um, because that, that was beautiful to see, period. But to see this Black family nurturing this, it just, it did my heart so well. So Nyla, when you say all the time you feel like a kid, share with us some of the things that help you lean into the fact that you are a kid and and in some ways you get to be carefree in some ways. Um, I get reminded every day that I'm still a child. I... I would say that when I, I think car rides definitely make me feel like I'm still a child, just listening to music and just getting to talk with my family just makes me feel like I'm very blessed to have them. I'm very thankful that they are, that's that we're so close and that, and that, you know, I get to be a child because when I'm by myself, when I get to be on my phone, watch YouTube, text friends it makes me feel like the I when I was younger I wanted to be an adult so bad I wanted to be grown I wanted to do whatever I wanted to do but now that I'm older I want to stay a child forever because not just because of the fun things I get to do as a kid but also the many responsibilities you have to take as an adult and I've heard that adult life is not easy and I definitely believe it because although I am a child, like a little bit of the time when, you know, I have to do things for my book or promote and stuff, I feel like an adult. But most of the time, I feel like a 14-year-old child. Well, sweetie, I want you to recognize that as a gift, please. Because there are so many young people who they don't have Um, they don't have the safety, the support, or the community that really helps them feel like a child. And I love that you have that. Uh, There is a song (laughs) that predates you by probably a couple decades uh, by an artist called Junior. And the song is Take Your Time. The words are Take Your Time, Young Man. Don't Rush to Get Older, right? I sing that to my son all the time because there is something about adulthood, I think, for every generation of children that seems a little alluring and seems like, man, I can't wait to get there. And it is the perception of freedom. 
I think that a lot of young people are seeking, I don't have to ask permission for this. You know, I can do, I can make the decisions I want to do. I can do all of this. Um, but what comes, what comes with that is so much. And so I love that there is no rush for you to get older. I also think that what you represent to so many of us is that you don't have to be an adult to have such a great impact. You don't have to be an adult to be a published author or to to be a speaker. And so some of the things that people say, I can't wait till I get older so I can do this. I think what you're representing is, well, just do it now. You don't have to get all the responsibilities of being an adult to do it. You can do that now. You talk about your family. Are you an only child or do you have siblings? I have one older brother. You say older? Yes. Older. Okay. And so what has your brother's response been to um, to your book and to your, you know, to the work that you're doing? I can say that he's very, very proud of me. You know, him, me being his little sister, being a published author is big time. That's huge. And I can just tell what his facial expression is, the word he says that he wants me to keep, he wants me to keep on going. He wants me to never give up just to keep on improving because, you know, people say practice makes perfect, but that's not true because no one can be perfect. So you always just improve to be the best you can be. And so with his support, I can definitely tell that he wants me to be my, be my best self, to keep on going and that he's proud to have a little sister like me. Oh. That's so beautiful. And did y'all catch that word in there? Nyla dropping for y'all that y'all been lied to all these years. Practice does not make perfect because perfect doesn't exist. (laughs) So um, I love that wisdom coming from you because it's so true, but practice does make improvement. And um, as we continue to improve, to be the best versions of ourselves and to nurture the gifts and the talents that we've been given, um, that I think that is a noble charge. And so I love that. So Nyla, where do you see yourself in the future? This was always a very tough question for me. So it may be tough for you, or maybe you, you know, maybe you've already thought about it, but if you think about the fact that you're going into middle school, um, this year, and so you got about six more years of school, before you finish high school, but have you considered um, where you would like to see yourself in the future? That could be in the next couple of years, all the way into the distant future. Um, I have my mindset that I want to be a pediatrician in a medical field, but since I've wrote a book and I'm a published author, I have no idea. I think I still want to be in the medical field my mom recommends that I should be a dermatologist because I love skincare. Um, she said there's not a lot of black young ladies who are dermatologists, which is, you know, unfortunate, but I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know yet. And that is okay. And you don't have to rush to figure it out. I thank you for walking us through that process. And, you know, another thing that I, I really do appreciate is, you know, your mom made a suggestion based on who you are and what you'd like. And I think that's something as adults. So I, I will, I tell this frequently when I talk about my dad, that for my dad, he always 
was like, don't you want to go into business? He would call it business. Don't you want to go into business or computers? So we got to understand that this is probably back in the nineties and those are, um, well, business has been around, right? But computers and technology is this emerging field. And I think what my father was trying to communicate was here are two areas um, that will provide financial security. Um, don't you want to go in towards those things? And I, I no, I don't. <laughs> I always <laughs> wanted to do people. Um, when I started my own business, I said, mm, he's looking down from heaven. Like, mm-hmm, I told you, right. But um, the reality is part of his recommendation wasn't really based on who I was or what I liked. It was based on what he thought was best for me. And I say that without judgment, without that being good or bad, it just was. But I love that in your telling of your support from your mom, it's not just, ooh, this is where you can go make a lot of money or even, ooh, where you can you know, be the first or one of few, but based on who you are and what you like, skincare, here is an option that gives you something to think about. But that even within that, it can be a consideration without you having to determine this is what I, this is what I want to do with my future. And so I appreciate that you're taking your time with that. Yeah. Nyla, is there anything that we didn't talk about? Any question I didn't ask you um, that you want to make sure we get to talk about or any parting words for the listeners of this podcast? Um. Let me think. I don't, I just want to say one thing. Uh, I know I see my book is on mental wellness and mental health, but, you know, you may be, be um, confused by what the title, you know, represents. So my book is called High and By, um, as you know. And so the high is where you're representing and bringing in all the good, positive things you want to do in your life. With the by, you want to, that's basically your dead weight. So the buy is you want to get rid of that dead weight and you want to bring in to replace, like you want to bring in the goodness to replace the bad. So I just kind of want to explain that a little bit, but other than that, that's it. Okay. So can you tell the listeners if someone heard something from you and they want to get in touch with you, if they have a conference coming up and they want you to be a keynote at their conference or they want to purchase your book, how can people find you and your book? Um, you can purchase my book on Amazon. You just have to look up High and Buy by Nyla Barnes and it will pop up. You can reach me at Nyla B writer at gmail.com if you're interested in me being in conferences podcasts whatever it may be we can you know you can order on amazon we can mail off to you with a signed copy um or you can reach me on ig which is nyla.barnes underscore you can dm me there with any questions concerns how to get the book if you want to say copy whatever it may be, but you can reach me at my email or my ID. I love it. We're going to have all that information um, in the show notes. Um, Y'all listen. So this was Nyla's first podcast and I have every expectation that it is going to age very well. I cannot wait till let's say 10 years from now we reconnect. We're going to stay connected, but we're going to talk in about 10 years and we're going to listen to this. You'll be 24 and you're going to be like, oh my God, 
I can't believe it. And we'll get to re-up and follow up with folks on all the amazing things you have done since then. So Nyla, I genuinely, genuinely appreciate the light that you are in this world. And I am so, so very fortunate and glad that we were able to connect and do this podcast. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on here. I loved every minute of it. Thank you. It was great. I want to give a special shout out to Trey Angel, who provides all the music for the Labors of Love podcast, and to my producer, Jay Sugg from Instant Classic Media, and you all, my guests. You know I love y'all and love that you tune in to listen. If you have suggestions for content or guests, head over to the website, www.thelaborsoflove.com. Scroll down on that welcome page, and there's a form you can fill out there. If you keep scrolling all the way down to the bottom, you can join our monthly newsletter. You want to stay in the know of what's going on at Labors of Love, go ahead and sign up for the newsletter. Don't forget we're on all the major social media outlets. If you haven't started following me on TikTok yet, what are you waiting for? Don't forget that my YouTube channel houses all of the Therapy Thursday videos and pause right now. Give us that five-star rating. Go ahead and write a review and share the podcast with your loved ones and your friends. Until we connect again, you all be well.